All right, welcome to episode 39. I'm Matt. He's David. Uh, and I guess we're going to talk Kentucky football mostly. Cats by 90, baby. Yeah. Or, yeah. 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 Cats by 27. <laughs> Take it all day. So, David's dream of 8-2 and two is still alive. Uh, I, I changed my – I changed it to seven and three. It's stupid. Quit being soft. You're right. You need to double down. Double down. Call Vegas right now. Yeah. Double down. Eight and two. Uh, easy dub tomorrow. I mean, I'm not concerned at all. <laughs> One, I've had a couple beers today. Two, it's Mizzou. We've beat them four straight times, and this is – they've got a new coach. They're a new offense, and our defense is sick. So, Like sick like, as in bad? Sick as in like coronavirus, like we're going to destroy you. <laughs> Might need to cut that. That's bad. but it's not, uh, We're rolling with it. No, so, we're – we look good, man. I'm excited. And Mizzou has always struggled against running quarterbacks, similar to Kentucky, how we always have. But we we struggle against any quarterback that comes off the bench. Yeah, that too. I'm excited. I'm I stopped drinking the Kool Aid after the second game. Don't yeah, say I'm, it. I'm, I'm ladling that back oh, up in my cup right now. Don't do it. We were better when you stopped drinking it. Okay. Don't drink it. You can make the glass, but let somebody else drink that shit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Whatever it takes, man. I'm just saying, listen, and I'm like the biggest hater of our defense, but that man, Boss Man Fat. Boss Man Fat proved it, man. Proved, proved me wrong. He makes me look stupid. You know what? I I take back what I said. I shouldn't have told you to go back to LSU. You're, you can stay. Matt, here's the thing. So we ba- we've backed up Terry a lot, and we we're like, you know what? Terry had a year off. Terry, you know, over the summer was talking about, you know, I feel be- the best I have in a long time. So we've hyped him up a lot. We didn't give that benefit of the doubt to Bossman. Bossman took a year off playing time. He talked a lot more than Terry, but maybe should have given him the benefit of the doubt. But Terry took a full year off of like anything. Yeah. Well, he first off, Kelvin Joseph still got to fucking practice last year. All right, well, uh, he's played two good games in a row. Don't destroy him right now. I'm just saying, that's like, a, I don't want to hear like that's a different thing. You can't compare that. Don't compare that. It's similar. Yeah, minus the fact that Terry Wilson legit couldn't do nothing last year. Okay. All right. All right. It's okay. It's cool, man. It's Listen, cool. I get it. I get it. I get it. How about J.J. Weaver? They look pretty good, man. Making plays. He blew up the uh, that little wide receiver the screen over there. Yeah. Then got kicked in the balls. <laughs> yeah, I didn't see that. You didn't see it? No. Have you not seen it at all? No. So I'm, like also, he, I'm taking a break from social media, too. So Smart yes, choice. I might have so he hits the guy. He's standing over top of him. I, I don't even think he was really standing over top of him. He's kind of standing over his like feet. The guy just kicked him right in the nuts. Yeah. 
gets better. Dude doesn't even get kicked out. Just gets a, a penalty. I was like, you can run around kicking people in the balls now? Sounds about right. Yeah. It's the most Tennessee thing I've ever heard of. They low down. They dirty. They some snitches. Puke orange. What are you going to snitch on? Can't snitch on us when giving you that whooping. Yeah. And I think oh, that was one of the better UK wins in my lifetime. That one? One of the better ones? It was like more enjoyable. I don't know. I think I think it was great for us to finally go down there and get a win. Yeah, but we haven't ever beat the crap out of them like that. No, I agree. That, that was that was the enjoyable part. That, you had Jeremy Pruitt firing coaches in the middle of the game. Four They're Kentucky fan coaches. Yeah. You know that? Yeah. It was awful. Like, it wasn't like we beat them like 56 to 28 or something like that. It was just a complete annihilation. Another, another dominating performance. Score. Yeah. Our, de- our defense looks really good. Our defense looked really good. Offense, we? Still to- offense we can still improve, but I think we're starting to figure it out. You churn and, and just go with Chris Rodriguez, and whenever Cavazia Smoke comes back, you just ride those guys. I, mean, I agree. Yeah, But and I don't Taylor think he's going to do it. He's going to – A.J. Rhodes is still going to be our one. Yeah, I agree with that. But here's my thing. It don't really matter who starts, who finishes it. So I think you can still give him, you know, like a small portion of the runs. Let him get like 11 carries. Yeah. Give Chris Rodriguez 11, but 11 important ones. I would let like let A.J. Rose start the game off and then let the other two finish it. Yeah, well, you remember that's why Benny used to be so good. Is he got stronger as the game went on, as they always say. And yeah. so you let A.J. Rose wear himself out in the first half, beat them down a little bit. And then you really bring in these two bruisers and two guys who can break something. Yeah. And, and they'll be fresh when the Tennessee defense or whoever it is yeah. is weak. So. I agree. Funny stat, not really a stat, tidbit information. Did you know? Jeremy Pruitt was the defensive coordinator at Hoover during that two-a-days MTV show. It was the greatest show of all time, by the way. Both seasons. Yeah. But did you know that? What? Did you know he was the defensive coordinator? Yeah. Behind uh, Rush Prost was the head coach. God, talk about a shit show that was. Have Have you ever watched the full, like, breakdown of his life? No, I know there's like a bunch of drama, but cheated on his wife with somebody I don't even remember who it was. Much younger lady. Uh, they end up like he divorces. He was having like a, a two separate lives. He had a, a a kid with the other lady while he was still married during the show. So ends up divorcing, moving with this wife or lady or whatever. I don't even think they're married now. He coaches somewhere else. His son who was, I guess, I want to say he was at Hoover, left and, like, his, went and played quarterback for his dad, even though he hated him. Wild stuff. Good story. It's worth watching. I don't know if it's on YouTube, yeah. but I'm assuming it is. Everything's on YouTube. I'll check it out. 
Yeah, worth. I mean, it's worth. Uh, I'd say fifteen minutes of your life. It's worth a giggle. Of course. <laughs> so, um, the the old NBA. They uh, they said something about they were going to start after Christmas and they were going to start on Christmas. I think they finally came out today and said they were going to start on Christmas. Is the goal is to like have opening opening games Christmas Day. Excited? Not excited? Too early? Too late? Uh, I think it's too late. Grant, I mean, you, you need to give players a break. But I want, I love the NBA. I'm ready for it to be back already. Well, yeah, as a fan. Yeah. I originally they were talking about starting like in January, Martin Luther King Day, and all that. But then that screws over. Like, I guess one month isn't going to make a huge difference, but it's going to the teams who haven't played competitive ball in a year. So like the Warriors and the Hornets and the Bulls, I don't think they made the bubble and all that. You're, you're taking those teams and saying, Hey, you're playing 10 months without competitive ball. Um, so I'm excited for to see it start in December and start Christmas time again. They also, I mean, I'm good with it. Like I, I completely, I'm on both sides of it. I want it back as soon as possible because the bubble was some of the best basketball and most enjoyable just because you could sit down and watch six games in one day. Uh, yep. But I also get it from the standpoint, it was – the bubble was probably one of the most stressful uh, times of sports for those guys just because most of them went months on months without seeing family. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Paul George kind of hit on it when he was talking about his, like, depression and stuff like that caused from i guess being in the bubble so like i can i can see those being issues so that time away from basketball that time away from your teammates i can understand that but these i'm good with december i think it, it actually i'm more curious to see what they're going to do about the olympics this summer because mathematically yeah. the season's still going to be taking place during when the olympics are rescheduled for what do you think they'll just do a shortened season, end it know. by April, and then by June, July, the finals are over. The Olympics know. would be in August, right? July or August, something like that. Yeah. June, July, yeah. August, somewhere in there. I don't know. But that's so they were talking about it because they were like, um, could we use other players from like the TBT tournament to fill a roster? <laughs> no. Listen, people on Twitter say anything, but. Because they were like, the NBA is not going to take a break for the Olympics. So, how would we fill out a roster? Um, there's a lot of other ways I'd rather fill out a roster personally, but the NHL takes a break for the Olympics. Why wouldn't the NBA? Who knows? Um, yeah, put our best college players out there. I mean, I don't disagree with that either. So, we'll see. But yeah, I could, I mean. I'm I'm good with where it's starting at. I'm good with the December start. Uh, honestly, I'm. I mean, I could use a good game tonight. Something to do on a Friday yeah. night. I would much rather do that. I mean, I don't go to I don't go to the high school football games around here because there's really no point. In it. The the way the process of getting a ticket for them, you gotta on you gotta order them online uh, and show it on your phone. It's all digital now, and they only sell so many. And I, I can't stand up. I don't I don't like sitting in the stands. I like to stand on the rail can't do that so like it's just 
Now I'm going to sit at home Friday night. Who am I going to watch? Uh, SMU and Tulsa play football? No. Probably, I mean, Louisville football might be playing a game. You know, they like to steal the spotlight from a, a good high school football game on a Friday. I think we're at the Big Ten game tonight. I think Wisconsin's playing. There you go. I might watch that. Yeah. Have a, have a few uh, trulies and enjoy that. Yeah. I think, I mean, going back to NBA and spacing it out, you you have to give them a break. So I watch a ton of soccer, and the leagues there did not really give a break at all. The international soccer and the European soccer cups did not end until maybe end of August, beginning of September, and they gave each team like a two-week break and went right back into the new season. And you're seeing more and more players starting to get injured because you're just compacting games, and you got to give a break to the players. So even though we would love to see it tonight and see it start in November or something, not going to happen. I mean, I agree. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, the only reason you have a product is because of the, the players. So if players start going down injuries and needing rest, your product loses the value. Yeah, think about how many, how many less people would watch the Lakers if AD and uh, LeBron both went down. So, um, there was also rumors that they were talking about. I don't, I don't know if the if there's still like a travel ban or what, but they were saying that Toronto would have to relocate for the year, possibly mm-hmm. as far as playing home games. And the rumor is, it could be getting played at, at the old uh, Louisville Cardinals Arena downtown, the Yum Center. The Crumb Center. The, the what? Crumb Center? Yum Center? I don't know. I didn't want to say the other name for it. What's the other name? I'm not going to say it. What is it? Nothing. Is it that bad? Just go. <laughs> We're moving on. So, but that's the, that's the rumor. So, if you live in Louisville, you're, and you're, you've always wanted NBA, do you buy season tickets? No brainer. I, this is how I think, Oklahoma, and I think if Oklahoma, turned out, it, it would tempt them to come back. This is how Oklahoma City got a team. New Orleans had to relocate because of Katrina, and then Seattle eventually moved. And they said, "You know what? Oklahoma City gave us a great crowd. They deserve it." Now you're going to be able to judge that off of if they're still. When the game started, if they're like, okay, we still have, you know, regulations and we're only allowing so many fans. Can you really judge the crowd off of that? Because if you're saying, okay, we're, let's say that we were only going to put 3,000 3, people in the, the stadium or the arena, I'm sorry. Uh, but we were, let's just say we only sold 3,000 tickets. We didn't have a, a mad rush for more. So, yeah, we sold out under the, uh, the COVID rules, but – yeah, I mean, I think then you just look into how fast do they sell out. And I think in Louisville, I think it would really sell out very quickly. I think so depending they on say, price. Yeah, I think if they said 10,000 fans out of the, however, 25,000, that Yum Center, mm-hmm. 22. If you sold 10,000 season tickets in under two hours, that shows what Louisville can bring. And I wouldn't be surprised if that happened. I, I think a lot of it's going to have to do with are they doing individual game packages or you have to buy, you know, 10 games, 
or season tickets and, and the price. Do I, yeah. It's And I think, you know, because I can also see the NBA saying, all right, we're going to hike up the price a little bit because we're only, we're, we're taking in a third of the fans. We still got to turn over some kind of a profit. So if we're losing that much money, we got to minimize how much we're losing. So let's just bump what the ticket price is up five, $10 a ticket. I mean, I don't, granted, I'm not a business guy, but I do know that when you start to lose money, you want to minimize how much you're losing. So I could see the NBA possibly going that route. Um, don't know for sure if they will or not. Yeah. I mean, a lot of teams have done that. that I think um, somebody was telling me they're looking at the Kentucky-Alabama game in a couple weeks in Tuscaloosa and that the tickets were $400 a piece. That's, that's just what's going to happen, supply and demand right now. So I don't think I don't think the NBA would come out and just try to extort this market, but I think the resale market would be like that. Yeah, but once again, I mean you're gonna get those fans, and if you ever want to have an NBA team in Louisville, which fingers crossed they get one day, that's how you do it. Yeah, put up or shut up. I listen. I. I've, I've been listening to um, a bunch of different podcasts. That's that's all I pretty much do when I'm at work. I ride around, do my job, but I listen to podcasts while I'm doing it. So I'm listening to All the Smoke the other night, and they're ta- or last night, and they were talking to Sue Bird, okay. who, who talks about when her time early in Seattle when they had the, the Supersonics. And they they were pretty adamant on the ideal of, Steve Ballmer just saying, screw LA, let's go like carve out our own and move up to Seattle. I like that idea. Yeah. Because it's not like you're taking the Lakers from LA, you're taking the Clippers. Doesn't, I mean, you lose some fans, but they don't really care. So, like, if, let's say that happens. If, if it's going to be a thing where Toronto has to relocate to the United States, I mean, I could see one of two things: an expansion team, which if you have one, you gotta have two. So that would yeah. mean Clippers stay put, Seattle just gets a new team, or they just move. And everybody's always said Louisville's got to be the next on the list. We have the arena for them. Seattle is number one. Unless. Yeah, I mean, it's always Seattle and and Louisville. But here's my thing with Seattle: you had one. And you said screw it. Yeah, but they are building that new arena now. It, but is it for the female? The WNBA? No, it's for, no, they're building it for an NHL team. It's supposed to sit 20,000 fans. That's so right. She, Sue Bird talked about that in the, the episode. Yeah. So it's not going to be Toronto that would move here ever. The NBA would not pull all of their teams out of Canada. No, I mean, I don't dis- I don't disagree. I'm just saying if it's if that whole like they have to relocate for the year turns into multiple years because ultimately we don't know how long this whole pandemic yeah. is gonna last. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, and what if they just said, okay, we're gonna temporarily they're gonna relocate all home games we played in Louisville for two years. Now you have an arena in Toronto. Not that's not bringing in any flow of money. Yeah. Like I said, I'm not, I don't, I don't know business from that standpoint. I know like the ideal of 
how to cut losses and, and minimize it. But I don't understand, like, how I don't personally, I can't tell you if I'm losing money, what kind of breaks can I get because of this pandemic from a financial standpoint? Is there, you know, government tax write-offs that can help me? So I don't know how bad that would hurt them. Yeah, from from the NBA standpoint, though, they've already would taken be really away. stupid to move them. Yeah, you already got rid of the Grizzlies and moved to Memphis. If you get Toronto to move or the Raptors to move here, then you're really going to put a bitter taste in all the Canadians' mouth, and that's that's a ton of people that like the NBA. If there's a team that's going to move to Louisville, Sacramento Kings. I, they they have not they've talked about a new arena for like 10 plus years now and they have not done anything about it well, that, that organization is is for a lack of a better term shit show Vladi yeah. Divac I think finally resigned which was freaking years overdue yeah I, I think if you can't put a new arena together in 10 years I get it it's probably very very complicated to do that but I, but see, I don't yeah, think I'm really. if you're trying to get a new arena, okay, your team's gonna suck. So that means you know you're gonna have a very long off season. You just you tear down the one you got, build a new one. You play your home games at uh, the local college of there. Or hell, did did they tear down? Uh, uh, there's Oracle, right? I mean, I'm yeah. not sure the distance between the two. But it, it's not. It, the issue isn't like where do we play in the interim because you figure that out. The issue is financial your, standpoint. Yeah, it's all funding. Well, the, it, the, it, billionaire, the billionaire owners never will pay for a full arena themselves. And so then you have to get state funding and city funding. And that's really where the issue comes in. Well, we've already tackled one of those issues. We got an arena. Yeah. Should be easy move if a team is interested. Yeah, I mean, you got an arena, and you've got um, – I don't know what uh, Katina Powell's doing, but, you know, you've got the, the male entertainment for the players. Uh, <laughs> shout out Lou Will. Yeah. Lemon pepper to Lemon pepper. So, um, yeah, I'm excited. I hope – I really do hope Toronto does have to play home games here. Uh, I don't know if I'll buy season tickets. It just, it, like I said, it comes from, it comes down to the money aspect of it. It's not like we have a large amount of disposable income where I could just throw at two season tickets because I can't. I can't get one. The married life, you got to yeah. get two. So it's just the reality of it. Um, right, look, I'm, a, I'm a fan of a very crappy team, the Hornets, and uh, season tickets are still decently expensive down here. So. But single game tickets are like seven dollars a piece. I know you gotta love those. Yeah. And you can get like the worst seats and slowly move your way down. Free falling down. Listen, the the Pacers, I don't know if it was like they weren't doing like a rebuild or anything, but they were really bad a couple years ago. Chelsea bought me tickets for maybe Valentine's Day. I don't remember. But we went upper level. I'm talking about like four rows from the top. We were down in the cushy seats by halftime. Walked, walked right past the person who's checking tickets like we own the place. Yeah. I had that Larry Bird swagger about me. Like they didn't even they didn't even card me. 
Yeah, they probably saw that beard and they were like, man, we just, I, this guy did tough. We don't want to mess with him. They didn't because I didn't do the beard two, three years ago. This is this yeah. is a coronavirus beard. I grew it out and I kind of uh, like it. I thought it was an Amish beard. It is Amish. My name is Ishmael. Mateo. <laughs> or Mateus, sorry. <laughs> I don't know if that's an Amish. It's not. Move on. Okay. Uh, Chris, <laughs> Chris Johnson said uh, that the Titans have the greatest assortment of running backs in NFL history. And this was I, – and yeah. tweeted, I don't think – I don't know how long after the run was, but Derrick Henry had a 94-yard run against whatever bums they were playing the other night. And that's when the tweet came. Um, I'm just, Let me just share my opinion on the tweet first. Uh, poor timing, number one, because you tweet that out about Derrick Henry, who is currently averaging the lowest yards per carry of his career. Okay. Lowest of his career. Uh, He's also had two good seasons. He's been in the league. This is fifth year. First years were trash. Um, the week before, 57 yards by the Bills, who I believe gave up 240 rushing yards to the Chiefs, who are not known for running. So your, your tweet kind of falls deadly or on death ears um, when – you, you don't know how to pick your timing. Do it. Like, if he'd have done it last year after the season, I'd be like, you know what? Well, you got an argument. He's pretty damn good. But he wasn't basing that off of a personal belief with him, Earl Campbell, and Eddie George. It was that he felt solidified in his statement because of Derrick Henry. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's, a, there's the argument, though, for the Titans. There's plenty of argument. Oh, it's, it's definitely premature just because Derrick Henry's had one and a half, two years now that he's been really good. Yeah, I mean, uh, two back-to-back, 1,000-yard seasons. He was at 1,500 last year. He was barely over the, the 1K mark the year before. But like I said, he's averaging the lowest of his career, the lowest yards per carry. But what is that compared to the rest of the league? The rest of the league are just – his career last year averaged five yards a touch 5.4 year before it was like four something this year it's like 3.4 3.9 one to two okay but even his first few years were trash statistically and he averaged four something yeah i mean there's not going to be any team though where it's like running back they have four running backs who have had 10 plus years of great numbers no, I, you know but i think the, the there's a, a shelf life on how good running backs can be for a sustained amount of time with one franchise. I think once you reach six, seven, eight years, I'd say six to eight years, you you've you probably you you should have done enough to be considered greatest running back in that team in the franchise. Yep. There's not many guys that exceed that six, seven, eight years. Right. Okay, so you are very obviously against the Titans having the number one spot in that. 
I guess Mount Rushmore because I sent that video to you and they said the Mount Rushmore. I just of four the of the four best running backs in those franchises history. Who are you putting above it? I mean, I I think you can make a case for a couple teams. The Rams. Okay. Yeah, that's the easy one that I think comes to everyone's mind. Okay. Yeah. I think the Chiefs. The only problem with the Chiefs is some of the great running backs or the running backs that would be on the Mount Rushmore play for sh- like the teams were terrible. So you don't talk like, I mean, like Larry Johnson. From a statistical standpoint, Larry Johnson had a great tenure with the Chiefs. He, he would yeah. be like your four somewhere in there. But like yeah. Priest Holmes. Yep. Okay. Uh, Christian Okoye, the Nigerian nightmare. Yeah. Okay. You could say Larry Johnson, uh, Jamal Charles. I'm definitely forgetting people, but I'm just saying, like, yeah. I I mean, it's just tough to find a franchise that has four really, really good running backs. I think first ones that came to my mind, obviously the Rams. You got Marshall Falk, Eric Dickerson, Stephen Jackson, and then I mean Todd Gurley was a short sample with them. But for a couple of years, he was the best running back in the league, right? Yeah. Um, put the Bills up there. Got Thurman Thomas, uh, OJ Simpson. And then they have a few that are kind of all in the same boat. So LaShawn McCoy, Marshawn Lynch, Fred Jackson, Willis McGahee. So some good all pros. Um, I, I think the easy one to go to is the Steelers, though. Franco Harris, Jerome Bettis, the Buzz, uh, Le'Veon Bell. And then I didn't really know this until I started looking at stats, but Willie Parker had a good career. Willie Parker's probably he is probably fourth. Yeah. Had a very a, good he might, listen, he might have a better tenure with them than Le'Veon does. Le'Veon just had like two really good years with them. Le'Veon had like three or four really good years. Did he? Willie Parker gets him because of the Super Bowls. Yeah. They had two he was, Super Bowls. And he was a vital part of that. It wasn't like he just – like the Chiefs went a, a Super Bowl last year, you know, minus the fact that Williams ran one in up the sideline when we were just trying to run the clock out. Minus yeah. that, I mean, we weren't known for running backs. So, like, it's completely different when Willie Parker is one of the biggest reasons. But, like – you know, my thing was so like I think the easiest one for me was the Rams, um, and that's Jim Curry Gurley in that. Do I? Gurley. Yeah, and Steven Jackson. Okay, so like I've got a top three for them, so I, I had to okay. go dig for the for the four guy. So the ones that they put up there was like. Uh, Dick Bass looks like he mm-hmm. had 8,800 yards for the Rams during his time there. And Pretty then Lawrence, Lawrence McCutcheon, who was only there from 72 to 79, he had right under 8,000. So Gurley was behind him because Gurley had just like just under 7,500, but he was only there for four years. Yeah, these are total yardage. These aren't just like rushing; like these are total yardage. So rushing and receiving is put into it. But he was there from fifteen to nineteen, 
and he was used sparingly in 2019. So yep. like his his is very impressive, but you know I think it shows to their depth. They have a good depth. If Todd Gurley's your six, that's pretty impressive based on what he did during his time there. But Marshall Falk easily is number one, and then you put Eric Dickerson, um, and then you put Steven Jackson. I think the Rams, in my opinion, the Rams are better. I'm not going to sit here and be a homer and say the Chiefs have a better one. I just think the Chiefs make a strong case when it comes to if you're saying the Titans are the best. Well, the Chiefs can kind of – like we. I'm not going to say we match up, but you can argue for us. But I think it's the Rams. Rams are number one in my book. Yeah, Rams are number one. You throw the Packers in there. But what? Packers have three NFL Hall of Famers that were running backs. So, Tony Canado, Paul who? Horning, Tony Canado. Who's that? Canadio. He was running back and back in the forties. Oh, uh, well, that's like that's like the Celtics fans bragging about all of our titles when we were playing against podiatrists in the offseason. Okay, so you're saying those shouldn't count, so the Lakers have more titles then. Okay. Um, God, listen, I'm a realist. Yeah, Paul Horning, Jim Taylor. I mean, they were both huge when the Packers went for a three-peat. And then Amon Green, who was a top-ten running back during his time in the league. I'm obviously, being a homer there, I don't actually think the Packers because Packers have always been a quarterback organization. For me, I said, I think the Dolphins should be up there. People don't think that, though. But I, I Larry, didn't think Larry, about him, so explain to me why. Larry Zonka. Okay. He was, he was probably one of the best running backs in the league when he was in there. Ricky Williams. Mercury Morris, who he's always the guy who like starts popping champagne when a team loses. because uh, he's like nineteen seventy two undefeated year. Uh and then and then Ronnie Brown. Ronnie Brown had a couple years where he was a very, very strong running back, and he was the one who really brought the Wildcat to the NFL. Right? He was. Yeah. So I think that fits into that argument about the Titans because in the Titans argument, they were talking about like Chris Johnson, who's a flash in the paint for three years. If you're going to go with that, then throw Ronnie Brown on there. I won't say that. His six-year tenure with the, with the Titans was very impressive. Dude, but his downfall was so bad. I've got the See, numbers. Hold on. I'll pull it up for I you. I know he like three years where he was. Oh, no. His first three years were really good. So his first year, uh, 1,228 yards. Second year, 2006. Uh, next year was 1,364. 2011, 1,047. Uh, then it goes back up to 1,243 the next year. And then his last year was uh, 1,077 yards. I mean, his tenure, like his his six years in Tennessee, he had 7,965 yards and 50 touchdowns. All right. Okay, back but now here's the downfall. He leaves and goes to uh, the Jets. Let's see, 663 yards, one touchdown. Goes to Arizona, 814 for three touchdowns. Arizona again, 95 yards. Uh, Arizona again, 114. So like that's what I'm saying. Like that downfall after he left was bad. But yeah, I didn't realize he had that long of sustained uh, success though. But I think it was, if you look at the numbers, he was man. He his lowest total like rushing attempts was 251. That was his rookie year. 
Yeah. His second year was his highest at 358. But his last year there, I mean, he went two, or 316, 262, 276, 279. He was used. And for a small body like that, you can only handle so much. If you're not getting to the outside cleanly, yeah. I mean, you can't handle a lot. So I won't listen. I, I won't. My, me, uh, disagreeing with his statement wasn't disagreeing with him as a level of his greatness because I remember what he was for the for the Titans loved watching it was more so the premature uh like gratification or like I, I almost say gratification I don't know what the word is exactly but celebrating uh Derrick Henry as if he's he's arrived like he he makes the, their Mount Rush more better than everybody which I don't believe. He's had two good years. First year sucked. Next year's were good. Last year was good. He's on pace for another good year. Like I said, career low in rushing yards uh, per attempt. Now, yeah. we're in like week seven. So it doesn't, it doesn't ultimately it doesn't mean crap. But that was, that was my whole thing. I just didn't like – I thought the timing of the tweet was bad because it was like, okay, he, he had a great run, 94-yard run. Fantastic. Week before, fifty-seven yards against the Bills, who couldn't stop a, a, a Chiefs rushing attack. Something we aren't known for. Now, granted, it was it was a a bad game as far as like the the conditions, the weather. So we were supposed we were going to run it more, but it ain't like we had Le'Veon Bell back there. We had a rookie. Yeah, who might have got busy. Just saying. What's your opinion uh, on that? On what? <laughs> you know, Le'Veon Bell joining us. It makes no impact on me. Well, I know that. I worry about it. So let's, let me get your opinion on some things. You don't. You're not worried well, about Le'Veon Bell. Nope. There's rumors that Des Bryant's coming back. There's rumors about Des Bryant every single year. No, like this rumors. is legit. Like he's he's actually been contacted, supposedly. Yeah, so what? He gets contacted by the Packers every year and he doesn't go. Well, it's because it's the Packers. He's got bad feelings towards you all. Catch? Yeah. No catch? We don't know. He has bad feelings towards the refs. Um, okay. What about Antonio Brown? Rumor is Seattle Seahawks. Could you imagine him at DK? Yeah, what, you don't have to imagine that, though, because guess what? Antonio Brown would get suspended immediately or blow up the locker room. Hold on. Glad you said that. Have you heard anything from Antonio Brown in the last five months? No. That's okay. what I'm saying. I don't hear about uh, Dennis Rodman every five months, but I know when I hear about him, it's going to be crazy. But here's what I'm saying. Antonio Brown didn't get to play at all last year. He played like one game and got kicked off by the NFL. He wasn't allowed to play with the Patriots no more. And what did you yeah. hear nonstop? Antonio Brown with a new soundbite every week. Yep. Every week, nonstop. Even like through the postseason. You never – like there wasn't a, a week you woke up where Antonio Brown's name was not on some TV show. But he haven't heard of him for about five months. Maybe he's turned over the old leaf. Tell you what, 
Le'Veon Bell, show me that he makes an impact or changes everything for the Chiefs. We know who the Chiefs are. The Chiefs have the best offense in the league. Yes, we do. You already have a great running back who's great out of the backfield at catching balls and, and who can run it. Great. You got a second one who can do that too. Fantastic. We know what y'all are. Uh, two, Des Bryant. Been talking about that for three years now. He's only 29, four years. He's only 29 years old. He's been out of the league for a long time. <laughs> Maybe he's 31. I don't know. I've read something on Twitter where, you know, everything is true. Um, that he's only like 29 years old. I'm not completely sure on that. I'm looking uh, for it. Yeah. It's not like he he's is 30, 31. 31. Yeah. <laughs> I was. Feels like he should be 36 at this point. It really does because he's been out of the league for three, four years. Yeah. There's no reason for him to have been out of the league since he was 28. Um, Man, that's crazy. So not worried about Des Bryant, you know, unless he comes to the Packers and then we're the number one team in the league. Um, not worried about Antonio Brown because right now he's a lunatic. So. There, there you go. You wanted my opinion on stuff. You got it. I did. All right. What's your opinion on your your former coach being called pretty much incompetent by anonymous players in the uh, Cowboys locker room? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> There's a reason, reason why he got fired. His play calling got stale. He he wasn't – he was never pivoting in a game, never making adjustments. I mean, obviously, he, him and Rodgers didn't get along, but – Rodgers came to his defense the other day. Yeah, I know. On the Pat McAfee show. Yeah. I'm very surprised. You, you almost went word for word with the, uh, what the Cowboys player said. Look, McCarthy – Lied to get the job. Anyway, which everybody lies to get a job. What did he say? He told Jerry Jones he watched every single play from the Dallas Cowboys season before. That is the rumor. What? That is the rumor. No, he came out and said, yeah, I lied. So he, he said, I told Jerry I watched every play. No, man. I mean, it was a year off work. I didn't watch every play. It's like... All right. So he lied to get the job. And then he was like, oh, I needed a year off to be to like refresh my mind and think about what to do on offense. And he was like, no, I took a year off. I, I didn't I didn't wasn't writing up plays out there or anything like that. He's the same coach he was in the Packers. He he got stale compared to the rest of the league, and he hasn't changed yet. Okay. Two things. One uh, do you have an issue with anonymous players coming out and saying that? I mean, they're probably just rotting the bench anyway, so and barely making a paycheck, so they probably don't want to put their full name out there. Yeah. So, like Tony Dungy, and I even tweeted Tony Dungy said when he was with the Colts, the first thing he did when he walked in there, team meeting, he says, Let me tell you all right now, we don't have anybody on this team named, named anonymous, so I don't want to see any comments from somebody named anonymous. He said, if you got a problem, you say it like a man. 
So what we're saying is nobody on the Cowboy has any nuts. Huh? Yeah, it's a chicken shit way to do it. 100%. But if you're third string receiver and you're wanting the ball more and you're not getting play calls towards you. Well, this ain't the way to do it. Yeah, but, well, it is if you're anonymous. Uh, <laughs> Nobody will find out. On it, Jerry Jones is cutting you. All right, what was your opinion of uh, Tua replacing Fitz, but pretty much that everybody knew before Fitz in the locker room? Yeah. It's uh, it disappointing. I mean, I, like, I get I, it. I fell for Fitz because he's been replaced a lot, but this is the first time he came out and he was like, man, this shit hurt. Yeah, because he's had a decent season so far. They just went, they like, won the last two games. Yeah, it's not like typical Fitz magic where, like, you ride this high and then you crash really hard. Instead, this time, it's you know, he was playing well. and got, like, got there's people that have said Fitzmagic only lasts eight games. He's a he's an eight, he's eight, he's an eight game guy. Eight games through, he's probably made you competitive. You won some games, but everybody's figured him out. The second half of the season, it is bad. So, do you think they just said, "Screw it, we're not going to get to that second half. Let's go ahead and throw two in there." Well, see, I've always thought it was like four to six games, and which makes sense why on week seven they pulled the plug. Well, Either way, they said they said they were going to do it after the the uh, bye week. The bye week was originally supposed to be week eleven because of certain whatever COVID deals with other teams. They got moved up to week eight. So yeah, you think? I mean, I think it just sped up the deal. I listen. You don't draft two to sit the bench, right? But you have a chance of winning the division, and you have a lot of guys that are veterans in that locker room that may be on a one year deal. That you can't tell me if this is my my contract year and I need to win for like this may be the last time I play football. I need to win. Yeah. You just you're I'm cool with. We just won two straight games. Now we're gonna hand the ball off to Tua and pray to God he's gonna lead us to the promised land. Now, granted, if I'm in my last year of football, I probably didn't want to go to the Dolphins anyway. So I I signed up for the shit show. Well, no, if you're in your last year of football. You want to go to the Dolphins. No pressure to win. Just well, hey, yeah, we're if, if the only thing to do is I want to play, then yeah, I'm going to the Dolphins. But if I've never won, yeah, I'm going I to the so. Dolphins, going to the Chiefs. I mean, there's like certain things in sports, like you shouldn't lose your lose your job because of an injury, right? Which it's going to happen to Tyrod Taylor, but a lot of quarterbacks, if they get injured, they should get their job back when they come back. Like regardless how Andy Dalton plays this year, Dak's going to get his job back. Um, if he decides to sign him. Yeah, and I don't think if you're a winning quarterback that you should lose your job, which happened to fit. Especially not on a bye week. Yeah. Here's the thing. I, I think it's a terrible time. I just thought it was a terrible time to make the move. You had the Rams defense coming to town. I don't know yep. if anybody knows this, but Aaron Donald's on that line. He's a big I'm boy. Gonna, yeah. And I'm going to assume that the uh, the Dolphins' offensive line is probably not that great. I don't know. Don't watch Dolphins games. Couldn't tell you. I'm assuming they're not that great. Aaron Donald's going to be in that backfield. 
Katua better be, you know, on the swivel. Oh, yeah, because it's going to be bad. Then you got Jalen Ramsey. I'm not a fan of him, but he makes plays. And you're going to tell me, hey, I'm going to get some rookie quarterback who's going to be constantly under pressure. He's going to make a lot of mistakes today. Let's let's tee off on this boy. That's what's going to happen. Not saying that fit, like I'm not saying Fitz would have a great level of success against him, but you're much better off having a guy who's been in the league for like 15, 16 years against him. You're not to the Wolves. Yeah, like you're not sitting. First off, you didn't do Fitz. You didn't do Fitzy the right way. I don't like it. I'm not a fan. I was I was thoroughly ticked off about it. I don't think it was right. Huh? Fitzy. Yeah, it's my nickname for him. Y'all besties now? We could be. He's my kind of guy. I could have a beer with him, 100%. Yeah. So, not a fan of it. Then, not only do you screw him over, you screw Tua over by putting him against a very good defense to start off with. Like, I don't care what kind of game plan you come up with, but you're, you're dumbing it down, number one, because you got a rookie quarterback versus Fitzpatrick, who's a very smart quarterback that can learn any playbook. So you have to dumb down the offense, which means the defense you're playing against is going against less. So it's an easy week yeah. to prepare. It's just, it's, it, it screams bad news. Well, you remember after uh, Aaron Donald got a sack against Alex Smith, he said, man, his leg is strong. You don't think Aaron Donald's going for that hip? He's trying to shatter that pelvis. He might. He might do it. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right, here's the next question to go with it. If he goes 0-4, what do you do? You got to ride it out, right? Yeah. You can't put you can't put Fitzpatrick back in. No. It's right. Right, man. Do the do the Cowboys trade for Fitzpatrick after you've seen what uh what uh Dalton can do? No. I want to hate the Cowboys, so I think they should just throw the talent for the rest of the season. Listen, I think everybody in that division should throw the talent. Yeah. Last night with uh, Daniel Jones. Tripping over it. Listen, how do, how do you trip over air? I don't know, man. Like He was falling for 20 yards. He was falling for a long time. I saw... I saw a video of like, uh, you know, have B dubs. You see those commercials where they like, we want overtime and like call in the sprinkler. Yeah. And it clipped it in perfectly with him. And I think that's what happened. Tripped over I, a sprinkler. I seen one where it had, uh, it was like, I think a scene from American Sniper. Yeah. Bradley Cooper just. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. That's a good one. Mahomes even came out and said, I can't say no, that. I probably couldn't run that far either. So that was like the fastest speed registered by a quarterback in a, like seven or eight years, I think, from what what I saw on Twitter. That's hard to believe with Lamar Jackson in the league. Yeah, but Lamar is just so shifty. You never see him going like straight down, you know. True, you got a point. Maybe, I, I don't watch Ravens, but they got better. They they got a, a defense alignment with. Like five sacks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot of moves this week. A lot of moves. A lot of guys asking for trades. A lot of uh, fires inside of locker rooms. The NFL's good, man. I love it. 
Well, and Goku wants to leave the Browns. He used to be a he used to be a stud for a couple of years. Yeah. Now he's just replaced because they brought in better players. That's and that's the problem. They also the Bengals have uh, like Carlos Dunlap. He wants out because he's not playing enough. Well, you know what, buddy? Suck it up. Time yeah. So, do you have anything else you want to talk about today, buddy? Uh, well, I think we we're going to talk about Sar and Toppin, but Whoa. that was great news. I think. Listen, we all knew it was coming. We just didn't know when. Yeah, I was fully expecting it to not come, not come until like January. And right. him to miss season. I'm still like head scratching over topping, like yeah. being eligible, like one eligible, like one to be eligible because they're like, they're like all the initial reports was he was going to sit out the year regardless. Yeah, but didn't they say this year that like your eligibility doesn't count, or was that just fall sports and not? Because I think in uh, basketball classifies as a winter sport, right? Yeah. I don't know. But they, I mean, they pretty much given immediate eligibility to anybody who transferred. So that's what I'm saying. Like everybody was being ruled eligible. So I've seen it happen. I just didn't know when. Uh, I I mean, I would, I would say that that puts us top five preseason. Yeah. It changes things for sure. Uh, I'm not talking because of topping or whatever. Right. What I'm talking about. Yeah, I think. Um, I mean, I'm, I haven't actually watched Sar before, but going off his stats, like he plays really good against the big teams, Duke yeah. and Notre Dame, those schools. Um, and he's not going to be asked cool. to do that. That's the great thing for him. Like, we're going to minimize how much like output you actually have to do for for Kentucky. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like you have much better players around you that can carry a load that you you had to carry by yourself. You know, at Wake Forest, not trying to shit on Wake Forest or anything, but th- there's levels to this, and Kentucky's on a different one, so it helps. Yeah, I think it's good. It it's really good for the team because then you get somebody you can lean on early in the year because you're going to lean on Sar early in the year, and then that gives time for Clark and Boston, Eskew, and all those guys to. Just go in slowly. So uh, under the pace of the game. Can he be what they wanted Reed and uh Sestina to be? Not I mean, like they were grad transfers, it's a little bit different, but they wanted them to be leaders. But and you right. got beautiful ways, like you got the the ability and the the production from Reed. But you didn't get the like vocal leadership. Nasasina gave you the vocal leadership, but couldn't really give you the output production wise because there was just a lot of physical deficiencies when it came to being able to guard people. Yeah. So can he, as a transfer, as an upperclassman, do you see him providing that package that we've tried getting for the last years? I think so. I think. The only issue I can see coming in is when he was talking about transferring here, he was talking about to reach my NBA dream. And with Ray Travis and Nate Sestina, it was all about winning title. That's all they talked about when they were transferring. 
And so my only worry is, is he out for himself? Is he going to be selfish or not? And that's just me coming up with this off the top of my head. Like he hasn't had that personality in the past, but maybe. Um, I think he'll be good for the team. I think he'll be that leader, and I think he's someone you can rely on. So to to kind of go off of what you just said, I don't – I think there's there is a belief when you get a Kentucky offer that Cal is saying we think you're a pro. Right. However long it may take, may take one, may take two, three years. We think you're a pro. So I think when he was offered by Kentucky after transferring, you know, the reality of they think I'm a pro. So I want to achieve that. That's my dream. Kentucky's the place to go to achieve that. So I would like to achieve that dream. Like so do I think it's that's a, a more of a selfish way instead of saying I want to come to Kentucky for titles? No, just because you got to think about where he came from. Like Chris Paul's last person to come out of Wake Forest. Yeah. Uh, no, I think Josh Howard maybe. I don't remember. Uh, Alfred Camino. No, no, he was. I think he was Georgia Tech. I don't know. One of those crap teams in the ACC. But so now he's got that opportunity at a good school, at a school that produces NBA players. So he's able – like, his dream is about – it could possibly be met. I think if anybody gets guys to buy in to the the mentality of, I'm going to do whatever it takes for the team to be successful, it's Cal. So I don't think that, – yeah. like, that part doesn't really worry me. Um, I think everybody – I think every player in some way comes to Kentucky not to win a title. They come yeah, – Yes, yeah. but I think it's that's and the thing is, I think it's every kid. Every kid wants to go somewhere where they can take care of themselves in the long run. Now, it's just about how you can get kids to buy in. Nobody does that better than Cal. I mean, look how many yeah. kids get to sacrifice their themselves, their individual output, and what the role is on a team to to win. Perfect example: Bam, Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero was great at Kentucky, but you got to imagine how great he could have been. Yeah, Terrence Jones, Devin Booker, all these guys. I mean, Devin Booker, Devin Booker, if he could play defense, he would have been one of the best Kentucky players at Kentucky that Cal ever brought in. You got to think about the output he would have had. It's just he was he was a bad defender. He just couldn't move. Now, we see what he's done in the NBA, but when you can dedicate 100% of your time to just basketball, no school, you don't have study halls. You don't have tutors. You don't have all these other meetings where I can go to practice, get up extra shots, weight lift, get a personal trainer. You know, you have like you're working towards it. So he got better, but that's what I'm saying. So I, like it doesn't worry me with that comment. Um, but I, man, I I think preseason we're top five. I think we'll probably lose one or two fairly early, just because once again another rebuild. Um, you know, it's kind of. Your guys that are going to be key players are all new, learning how to play with each other. But the good thing is, I think it leveled the playing field with COVID because mm-hmm. now everybody's got to start from the same way. Yeah, not a lot of pickup I, games going on. Yeah, I'm just excited, man. Like the way they talk about this team, I have not heard in a couple of years. And I mean, people are comparing BJ Boston and Terrence Clark to like like Malik Monk and De'Aaron Fox of just being electric and being able to catch fire 
and dominate a game. And we haven't had those players in a while. We've had good teams, but we haven't had those players. So I think those two guys, if they can pick it up real early and have Sar be just the reliable old guy, I think it's going to be a good season, man. I'm excited. I am too. And I think the the guy that everybody sleeps on, nobody ever talks about, is uh, Askew. Yep. And I, I listen, you, he was being recruited as that guy for Louisville. So, like, and other, I mean, other major schools too. But, like, you know, you're not being, and it was a very upsetting day for Louisville basketball when he decommitted or just swayed. I don't think he committed, but swayed away, went to Kentucky because that was supposed to be their guy. So yep. he's highly talented. I loved how a lot of videos surfaced. Uh, he was working out. It was him, uh, Terrence Clark, and and Boston were all working out together, doing skill. Yeah, they were NBA players. They right? were, yeah, they were getting some of those. So like that was really good to see. Um, you know, I think I just I like this group. I think the the glaring uh, deficiency. Do what? I think Keon's gonna make a jump too. Huge, huge jump. Yeah, they all of his teammates have talked about just wait, just wait. I think he's gonna make a Terrence Jones type of jump where Terrence Jones was really good his freshman year. He was he was better than than Brooks his freshman year, but that yeah. jump where he became he was the alpha. Yeah. As far as uh, like you all, you all can follow me into the fight. Yeah, yeah. Like he, I think Keon Brooks is gonna be that guy. I think he will take on that alpha role because he's gonna be the the elder statesman in a way. As a sophomore, as a sophomore. But he's, I think he's the only one coming back with playing experience, right? Right. The elder statesman. Welcome to yeah. Kentucky basketball, bud. Yeah, and man. You- you forget about it, but you got Davion Mintz too. Who he's gonna ease everybody into the season. He'll down the road he'll come off the bench. I think Eskew was we'll pass him up, but yeah. To ease us in the first couple of games, we got some really good old players, older players. I'm excited. There we go. I'm drinking Kool-Aid. Oh, shit, you and this Kool-Aid. Yeah. Keep drinking beer, stop drinking Kool-Aid. Don't have to tell me. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, no prediction for Saturday. You just said easy win. Are you going to predict? Um, I'm going to go 38 to 17. 35, 14. Yeah, a couple more pick sixes. I don't think it'll be uh, any pick sixes, but I think we get two interceptions. Um. Maybe a, a scoop and score fumble. Um, I think we get three rushing touchdowns, a couple passing touchdowns. Uh, I mean, Terry's got to stop throwing the ball so hard. Some of these guys can't catch it. Spiral's a little too tight. Yeah. So that's why he got put in Gatewood. He, he uh, doesn't throw as hard. They don't catch his either. I, he's all, all for one. So, from a drop. From a drop. Shocker. Shocker that one of our receivers would drop a pass and make a quarterback look bad. So, but other than that, I think that's all we got, right? 
Yeah, that's good. We covered a lot. We did. We did wide uh, range of stuff. So uh, thank you, everybody who listens, watches. Enjoy your weekend. Go Cats. And everyone who shared that that Facebook post. Which one? Uh, the one with that. Went, went a little viral. Didn't it, Matt? It did. We're up to like 32,000 people reached. Uh, yeah. I think like 200 shares. Oh, you're, yeah. You're pretty proud of it. That was a good post, man. I was pretty proud. A little disappointed. Like, you know, then you go look at Open Court, their page, they didn't have like 500 shares in a day. But we're making moves out here. Yeah, I wasn't going to let you go without any shine. You deserve yeah, I, it. Buddy. I appreciate it. Listen, I try to, yeah. you know, I try to do this social media thing a little bit and I dabble here and there. So when I get one right, I like I like to be appreciated. And I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, bro. Appreciate bros. Let's do it, man. <laughs> All right. Everybody have a good weekend. Bye.